Hello, 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 hello. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be here. The last time I was here, I was here for Insight, and I love it when I get to visit because it feels right at home when I'm here. This church is incredible, and everyone makes me feel so, so welcome. And I just want to thank Pastor Benji and the whole staff that's just been so wonderful and generous towards me, and I'm just grateful to be here. But we're starting a brand new message series today called Redefining Success. And so I'm excited that we're launching into this thing. And, you know, success is one of those tricky things that it really has a lot to do with our perspective and what we view as success. And so it's important as believers that we view success the way God has called us to view it. Otherwise, we're going to work for things in our life and spend our lives on things that maybe he never called us to. And so we've got to make sure we're redefining success in the eyes of God. I remember when I got brand new glasses in the ninth grade and we were driving home. My dad was driving us home and we lived on a gravel road. And I remember that I was able to see things I had never seen before. I saw the rocks on the gravel road. I saw the blades of grass. I was like, I didn't know grass looked so clear. You know, I didn't recognize that I could see so clearly and my vision and my worldview changed completely. And I believe as we look through God's lens today, we're gonna be able to redefine what success looks like in our lives and that we're gonna be able to accomplish great things for the Lord. And today, the subject that we're gonna be talking about is daily. Daring to dream, daring to dream. And if we will be so bold enough to trust God, he will place dreams in our hearts that are so much greater than who we are or what we think we can accomplish. And we will be able to partner with God to do things beyond our lives. In fact, when we leave this earth, I believe the dreams that we start here will continue to live on past our lives. And that is, that is success right there, when we're leaving and making an impact in this world around us. And so dreams is one of those tricky things because it's a very glamorous word. We think of dreams and we're thinking, oh man, we're gonna accomplish these amazing things for God and it, it looks really cool and the concept's cool and people buy into the concept and they'll cheer it on. But dreams are one of those messy things. It's not like God says, hey, I'm going to take you from point A to point B, and it's just going to be a straight shot. It's, it's all these winding curves. There's problems. There's, there's issues that arise. There's obstacles. There's setbacks. In fact, it makes me think of kind of what I experienced last week with my five-year-old. Um, I'm a mom of two. I have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, and we are now in Illinois. You know, I lived a lot of my life in Georgia, and God called us to pastor a church in Illinois, and so the Midwest does things very different. <laughs> very different. It's a different world, and including how they do their driveways. Who knew? And so they don't have cement driveways in my neighborhood. They have asphalt driveways. It's black. And we, because we're newbies, we just creep on our neighbors all the time. When it was winter time and it was snowing, we'd peek out and watch like, oh, it's time to plow the snow. Okay, let's go. You know, like we are just watching and learning. And so during the summertime, we noticed that our neighbors would retar 
their driveways because of the snow and the cold. They start fading and they start getting cracks in them. And so we were like, I guess, I guess it's time. Ours looks kind of faded and it has little cracks. I guess we should retar our driveway too. So we get it done and they do it really quickly and they rope it off. And that specific morning, my goal was to take my nine-year-old to her piano lesson. Like that was the goal for the morning and it seemed easy enough. We've done it before. And so I remember we were all loading up to get ready to go. My mom happened to be in town and I set it up perfectly for the kids. I parked to the van in the, the street because you can't be on the driveway, obviously. It's wet tar, you know, and I opened the van door and all they had to do was what I know, moms are already connecting with me. They just, I opened up the front door. They had to just walk out the front door through the grass straight into the van, which the door was open, and then sit in their seat. That's it. Straight path. Mom gives instruction. Yeah. So I say that. I said, do not walk on the driveway. It is wet tar. Okay. So I say that probably three times, at least, do not walk on the driveway. And so my nine-year-old, she's great. She's like rule follower, follows instructions. She makes it out. And like my five-year-old, you know, it's a little different. And so I'm like right behind him and I'm gathering, you know, moms, we got to get the snacks. We got to get the purse. We got to get all the things that it requires. And so I sent, I'm sending my son. I'm like, walk straight to the car, through the grass. Do not walk on the driveway. So I'm grabbing all my stuff, I'm seconds behind him, and literally, my son walks back into the house, and he's kind of waddling. And here he goes, he's holding his berry, that's his bear that he loves, and it's huge, and it's his size, and he starts waddling towards me. He's like, Mom, berry's all black! And you know when the inside of you starts to implode? And you're gonna, you feel the meltdown coming. And I turn and I look, and sure enough, Barry is covered in black tar. And then I look even closer, and my son, whom I just said, do not walk on the driveway, is covered in tar all over his clothes, all over his hands. It is like caked on his legs. And I look at him and I'm like, what happened? And he's like, I'm sorry. And then I look even further and my son has now tiptoed and tracked in tar all over my cream carpet. And by the way, the meltdown's happening. My mom remains perfectly calm. <laughs> it's amazing how one person can remain calm if someone else is freaking out. And I'm like trying to take off all the tar-filled things, and he takes his tar-printed hand and to get balanced, decides to put it on my favorite shirt. And I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and so he's like, sorry. So I, we strip him down. And I bring him up the stairs, and it takes me a full hour to, to scrub all the tar off my son and my mom a full hour 
to scrub the tar out of the carpet. And I, I, we're just yelling at each other, me and my five-year-old. And finally, I just like, I was like, son, what happened? And he looks at me, and in all seriousness, he's, he's like, I forgot. <laughs> so I was like, okay. Kids forget, it's my fault, I should not have let you. And I remember, oh my goodness, we're supposed to be at piano lesson. And so I like text the, the lady, I was like, look, we're, we had a little accident. Um, we're gonna be late. And she's like, oh yeah, just show up whenever. And I was like, okay, great. And so we finally clean him up. All the tears are dried off. I'm settling down. It's all cleaned up. It's over. And we finally get to go an hour later and take my daughter to piano lesson, which was the goal all morning. But in between point A and point B was this, whatever you want to call it. But we didn't give up. And we accomplished what we were trying to accomplish. And I just want to say today that that's what it's going to feel like sometimes when God calls us to fulfill a dream. He's going to speak to us. And in this journey, we're going to go through all these things, all these problems, all these obstacles. There's going to feel like setbacks. We're going to start doubting. And we're going to be like, are we ever going to get there? And I am here today to encourage you and say, yes, just don't give up. Don't stop trusting God. Continue to believe even him, and he will help you get to where he's calling you to be. Amen. And so today, what I want to do for the next few minutes is I want to look at the word of God, and I want to look at someone who was daring to dream and trust God with his life, and that is a person named Jonathan. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to look at 1 Samuel chapter 14. And I wanna set it up, I wanna set this up because at this point, the Israelites are kind of in a waiting period. Jonathan is the son of King Saul. And Saul has this incredible army. He had the best of the best, the fiercest warriors. And they are at a place of discouragement and fear. They're scared and they have been hiding in holes and caves and they're just waiting. They're just waiting. Have you ever felt like you're just waiting on God? You're in a season and you're just like, God, what are you doing? And the Jeopardy song is your life song. And you're just sitting there like, what is happening? And that's where they were. They were just waiting on God. Nothing is happening. You've got these fierce warriors scared out of their minds. And Jonathan decides to break out of that and do something so daring and just believe God. Like this crazy thing and just believe God for his future. And we pick up in this story. Verses 6 and 7. It says, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Do all that you have in mind, his armor bearer said. Go ahead, I am with you, heart and soul. Jump down to verse 11. It says, so both of them showed themselves to the Philistine outposts. Look, said the Philistines, the Hebrews are crawling out of the holes they are hiding in. The men of the outpost shouted to Jonathan and his armor bearer, come up to us and we'll teach you a lesson. So Jonathan, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. Jonathan climbed up using his hands and feet with his armor bearer right behind him. 
the Philistines fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer, um, or the, and fell before Jonathan and his armor bearer. And that first attack, Jonathan and his armor bearer killed some 20 men in the area of about a half an acre. Then panic struck the whole army, those in the camp and in the field and those in the outposts and raiding parties, and the ground shook. It was a panic sent by God. If you go and finish reading this story, you'll see that God just kicks in and continues to do some supernatural things and giving the Israelites wins because of what Jonathan dared to believe to do. I want us to pray right now and ask God to speak to our hearts in the next few moments. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. It encourages us in ways that man can never encourage us. And God, it it does something in us and it speaks life and truth. It corrects us when we need correction. And God, it straightens our path when we're going off to the side. And I just pray right now that you would use your word to convict our hearts so that we can listen to your voice and follow after you. And God, we know that you are trustworthy and you are faithful. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name, amen. I learned a lot from Jonathan in this small passage. He was a brave man, and he was a man of faith. But there's some things that we learn specifically about dreaming. And so if you're taking notes, the first thing that I learned is dreams are meant to be shared. They're meant to be shared. He shared his dream with his young armor bearer at the time. Now, if you're unfamiliar with what an armor bearer is, back in the day when they fought battles, their armor could be up to 70 pounds. And so if you can imagine traveling miles and miles, carrying an extra 70 pounds or more can really just take a toll on you. So they would have a person that literally bared the armor of a warrior or a fighter. And so you would trust your armor bearer because basically they are risking their lives to serve you. And so he knew he could trust his armor bearer. He was someone who was loyal and who was with him. And so Jonathan shared this dream with someone he could trust. And God's gonna place dreams in our hearts and it's important that we put it into words what God has put into our hearts. Because a lot of things happen when we put it in the air. When we throw out our dreams, number one, we start speaking faith. Number two, we become accountable for those dreams. And then we invite people in to be involved. And it's so important. God places in our hands. He places resources. He places gifts and talents in every single one of our hands. He's given all of us something. And those are very, very important when it comes to to fulfilling our dreams. But what's just as important besides those things in our hands is who is by our side. And God places important people in our lives to take us further than we would have gone by ourselves. Can I tell you, when I run with one of my friends or my husband, like, I run way further than when I'm by myself. You know, when I'm by myself, I'm like, okay, I'm tired. Time to go back home, you know. But when I'm with somebody, it pushes me. It pushes me more than I I want and out of my comfort zone. And so Jonathan had the right person. And it's important in our lives that we have the right people 
people in our lives and share these dreams with them. I have my favorite like cheerleader in my life is my husband. He is just the most supportive, encouraging person in my life. And he cheers on my dreams. I'll share what God is putting in my heart. And he just is so enthusiastic. He's like, yes, you can do it. And then he like one ups my dreams. And he's like, oh, I think you could do this too. And go ahead and write a book. And blah. I like, he pushes me more than I'm like, oh, okay, okay, all right, you know. But he believes in me. And he's my best friend. And I've got girlfriends that are in my life. And they, man, they cheer me on. And you know what? It's not important just to have those people. We need to be that, that for other people as well. So when God entrusts us with incredible, valuable people in our lives and they share their dreams with us, let us not be the people that tear them down or discourage them. Let's be the people that says, you know what? You can do that. There is greatness in you. Go for it. And that's what Jonathan's armor bearer was for him. And I love the two things that he said because it revealed a lot. His armor bearer said, do all you have in mind and I am with you heart and soul. Can I tell you, that is a revelation of someone special in your life. If maybe you're in here today and you're like, I don't have that person, I don't have those friends, pray for them. I went through seasons where I didn't feel like I had really close friends and I just asked God, God, can you please bring the right godly friends in my life? And trust me, um, one of the, the, the great youth pastors, she used to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And so we need to have the right friends in our lives because it really will help direct our path. And so we need to share those dreams. The next thing I noticed was dreams require faith. Dreams require faith. I love what Jonathan says. He says, perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. So Jonathan is, and then he says, he says, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. So we recognize he's a man of faith. He knows, oh, you know what? God can handle this, whether there's a lot of people or a few people. Like, God's got this. But then he says, perhaps the Lord will do it on our behalf. And so you see, Jonathan is sure-ish. Okay? And that's what faith looks like and feels like sometimes. Sometimes we believe like, oh, a person of faith, man, they have zero doubt and they don't feel like there's zero risk. Can I tell you, it's never 100% risk-free when you do something for God. And he never promises it's going to be a pain-free experience or a trouble-free experience. In fact, I promise you there's probably going to be a lot of that going on when we're fulfilling God's dreams in our lives. And so he just believed God. You know, what, you know what faith is? Faith is trusting God and doing it afraid anyway. So even though I don't know for sure how it's all gonna pan out, I trust the character of God to sustain me. And we've gotta trust God when we're fulfilling our dreams. I wanna show you a really awesome movie clip from the amazing classic movie, Indiana Jones series that can teach us a lot about what faith feels like. Take a look. Indy! 
you must hurry. Come quickly. It's a leap of faith. Man, that's what faith feels like sometimes. <laughs> God's just gonna say, I need you to take a step. And we're like, but there is no step. There's nothing underneath me. And all God's gonna say is, you're gonna have to trust me. And we just take that step and it feels like we're falling and then God is faithful every single time. And in order to fulfill the dreams that he places in our hearts, we're gonna have to be people of faith. And that's what Jonathan was. He wasn't just speaking what he felt. I'm sure he felt fear. He was speaking God's word. I love what he said. He says to his armor bearer, climb up after me. The Lord has given them into the hand of Israel. It's not like it happened. He's speaking it before it happens. And you know what? There are times where we just have to speak the word of God over our situation because our feelings are going to tell us the opposite of what God's word says. And instead of listening to our emotions, we need to speak the word of God. You know, our feelings are so fickle. They're like a roller coaster. You know that situations and circumstances are so fickle, they can change in a second. You know that people are so fickle and they will disappoint us. But God's word is the only thing we can found our lives on and it will never disappoint. It may not look like the success of this world, but it is a success that will last for all of eternity and there are gonna be times and moments and circumstances. We just need to speak the word of God and that's what Jonathan did. And I love how in that movie clip, he tosses those, those rocks and it revealed the path for the rest of the people to follow. Can I tell you, sometimes God's gonna call you to take a step of faith and it is going to start a path for everyone else and your life will be a legacy for everyone that's gonna follow you. It could be your family, it could be your, your job and your workplace, it could be the school you're at, it could, be, it could be the community. Never underestimate that one step of faith and what it'll accomplish after we just obey God. The next thing I notice is that dreams involve grit. Grit, good old fashioned hard work and sweat. Okay, Jonathan had a dream, but God didn't line all his ducks up in a row. 
He didn't serve the dream on a silver platter and feed him with the silver spoon. Jonathan had to climb up that cliff, and the Bible says he used his hands and his feet. I've never climbed a cliff before, but I could imagine it's a little difficult. He had to fight the battles. He still had to risk his life and show that hard work. And that's what God calls us to. Because in those moments of hard work where we are participating in this dream with God, our character is being developed. And every single time, we're looking more and more like our Savior. So many times, we're we're in a society that marvels at talent and ability And we look at these sports players and all of these these musicians and we just see talent. But I guarantee you, if they're that good, there's a lot of grit behind them. I bet you it's an ounce of talent and a pound of grit. (laughs) But yet we want to attribute it to this this talent. We don't want to have to work really hard to accomplish something. But the truth is, is greatness reveals hard work and not talent. There's a lot more. You know what? I'm not the most talented person. I really am not. Like, I am the girl, when I had to give a speech in high school, I would shake my paper in front of my class. So when God called me to preach, I was like, are you kidding me? Like, are you sure you're talking to me? Because you know what I was like, you know know what I'm like, you know? (laughs) And God would always remind me, I don't make a mistake. But yet God, he can use, he used Moses and he spoke and he had a stutter. He called David to be a great king, and even his own father underestimated that he could be a king. God can use anyone if we just are determined to give him our all. He doesn't need a bunch of talented people. He just needs people that are willing and willing to give their all. You know, I'm not a natural athlete. I will stumble over my feet, but I have determined, God, I will run and I will give myself in this area so that I can bring you glory in all areas of my life. And so I, I, I even tell, I'm like, I'm not the most talented person, God, but you can have my hard work. I will give you my hard work. And I just want to encourage you today because some people, I know they feel like, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. And that person's so great and that person's so great. Why can't I do this? And I just want to say, hey, if you've got grit, nothing can stop you. And I'm telling you, that will get you further than what talent can, actually, because talent lacks character. Hard work, though, builds this character in you, and it sustains you through life, and you can accomplish way more than what talent can do. And so I just want to encourage you today, give that grit, give God your all, and watch what he can do. I heard this amazing story about Pablo Picasso the famous artist, and one day he was sketching in a park and this bold lady walks up to him and she's like, you're, you're Picasso, the famous artist. You must sketch my portrait, I insist. And so he agrees and he takes a step back and studies her face and with a single pencil and a single stroke sketches her portrait. And he hands it to her and she's just amazed. She's like, it's perfect. You have managed to capture my essence in a single stroke and in a single moment. How much do I owe you? And Picasso responded, (laughs) $5,000. And the lady goes, what, what? But, But sir, how can you charge that much? It only took you a moment to draw. And Picasso responds, Madame, this has taken me my whole life. 
And see, what we see, we see the moment of talent. We see a moment of performance. But there's a bunch of grit behind it, when, behind those people. And God's going to call us to use our hands and our feet to get to the dreams that he's placed in our heart. And if we are willing, he will do great things. If we just don't give up. There's dreams in some of your hearts that have lain dormant. And you feel like, oh, because it hasn't happened yet. Maybe God doesn't. Don't listen to the voice of the enemy. Trust God and trust in his timing. Just a quick part about my husband and I's testimony. We've got two great kids, but we went through a long season where we went through four miscarriages. And at one point in my life, I was just like, well, God, is this your sign that we should stop and we should stop? You know, this is, it's just gonna be us two. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, Bianca, don't stop trying and don't stop believing. And so we kept going and God blessed us. But you know, before... What we were proclaiming is, God, you're enough for us. Even if you don't give us kids, you are enough. We were singing that song just a moment ago, that he is enough. And God wants to know that from our hearts. Before he gives us a blessing, he wants to know that we love him and that we trust him and that he's enough. And when we get to that place, oh man, he can trust us with the blessing. And so I just want to encourage you, if there's those dreams in your heart, don't quit, don't give up, because God will give you everything that you need. It's not too late. And then lastly, daring to dream invites God's momentum. It invites God's momentum. And I noticed that Jonathan and his armor bearer, they initiated a move of God. Their one step of faith, their act of faith allowed God to sweep in and it was uncontainable, unstoppable. The ground was shaking. Panic was happening in the enemy's camp and God did what Jonathan couldn't do. But God was responding to Jonathan's faith. God responds to faith every time. He responds, it could be a small act, it could be a big act. God responds to faith. Listen to Hebrews 11:6, and it says, and without God, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And so we've gotta have faith. And when we respond in faith, God responds back and he does what we cannot do. And so I just want to encourage you today, what's that next step that God's calling you to do? It could be just one thing. What's that next step? And I just wanna challenge you, just take it. Just trust God and God will open up doors that you could have never opened up with a bulldozer. He will do supernatural things in your life and watch his wave just come through and do things. You're like, God, I could have never orchestrated that if I worked on that my entire life. I remember from my experience, I looked like, my life looked like it was on its way to success. I was engaged to a guy at 19 years old. I was going to college, doing radiology, and it looked like a successful life on the outside. But I was miserable because I knew I wasn't fulfilling what God had called me to do. And I remember I was sitting in my car about to go back to my class, my college class, and I just was so miserable. And I felt like the Holy Spirit spoke to me in that moment And I felt like he said, Bianca, I have more for you if you're willing to walk away from it all. And so I just paused. And I said, you know what? In my head, I'm thinking, well, anything's better than where I'm at right now. I know it looks successful now. I I know that it looks like I'm on a right path now, but I'm miserable. And so in that moment, 19 years old, I said, yes, Lord, I'm willing. 
got out of the relationship. I withdrew from school, which seemed crazy because my, you know, even my parents are like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. I just know that God is telling me to take a step. And when I took that step, God opened the door for ministry school. And I knew, I was like, that's the door. That is the next door. And at 19 years old, I have not looked back. I'm now 34. And God has taken me on this journey of following him. And it's only one step at a time. And I just want to encourage you because I know God's speaking to some hearts here today. And if he's calling you to take a step, you can trust him. And I want to pray for our dreams that God would give us everything that we need. But there's some of you, your first step needs to be with Jesus. Jesus is the greatest model for us. He showed grit. You know, there was a problem between man and a holy God, and that was sin. And he could have delegated it. He, in his sovereignty, he could have figured something out. But instead, he said, you know what? I'm going to go down to heaven. I'm going to live a life. I'm going to die for their sins. I'm going to take the beating because sin has to be paid for. And I'm going to take it upon myself. I'm going to pour my blood and my sweat for my people. And I'm going to solve this problem. That was his dream. His dream for us today, first and foremost, more important than anything else, is that we are restored to a heavenly father. And so I wanna pray right now. And if that's you and you need to get things right with God, you have one that loves you more than you can understand. No matter how far you've gone, he will relentlessly chase after you. He loves you, he loves you, he loves you. And I have experienced that in my own life when I was in my car feeling so worthless and my heavenly father chased me down. He wouldn't give up on me and he's doing that for some of you today. And I wanna pray because if you're in this place and you need to get right with God, all you have to do is call on him and we're gonna pray. Would you bow your heads with me? If you're in this place and you're saying, I need Jesus today, I want you to pray right where you're at. You don't have to do anything fancy. He has died for you and he is offering a free gift of salvation. You cannot earn it. You could have never earned it. And if you need to receive Jesus, all you have to do is just call on him and say, Jesus, I receive the free gift. I receive salvation. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past. I wanna follow you today, starting today. You are my next step. You are the one thing that's most important. And today I follow after you. Just, just connect your heart with God right now. God, I thank you. I thank you for those who are making a heart connection with you, some for the first time and some recommitting their lives over to you. Thank you for bringing more into your kingdom. And God, we just commit our dreams to you right now, the dreams you've placed in our hearts. God, we cling to you and your voice and we ask, Lord, that you would just help us on this path because God, we wanna do everything that you've called and God, we commit ourselves, all of the hard work, all of the energy, all of the emotion, all of the spiritual commitment, God, we give it to you and we trust that you are going to fulfill it in our lives. And we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, amen.